Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Good morning again, and please take out your number two pencils (laughs) and open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to hear them Bibles cracking open. Here they go. This is the second message of a three-part series called Thanks and Giving. And today's message is titled, In Everything, Give Thanks. And we'll be looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, that passage that uh, Gage just read to us. And we're going to continue to pick up on this series of how being thankful leads us into the presence of of God and how being ungrateful takes us away from God's presence because the first step in having that relationship with God is first of all to be thankful and so when we reach the point of being thankful we are driven into his arms Um, I have a quote here that I read earlier this week in 1863 President Abraham Lincoln he decreed a national day of thanksgiving But it is God's desire for us to have a lifestyle of thanksgiving. A Christian author by the name of Nancy DeMoss, she said this, Thanksgiving really should be thanks living, a way of life day in, day out, continually, forever giving thanks to the Lord. And that's where we want to be as Christians. We want to be living a life of thanks living, continually being Uh, thankful and grateful for what God has done in our lives. But the tricky part about that is, is giving him thanks in the seemingly difficult times. Look, it's not all good, is it? At least not to us. But we don't understand what God sees. God causes all things to work together for good. And that leads us to our principle for today. We are to give thanks to God in all circumstances. Hey, you lose a spouse, right? You lose a child. Why that happens, I can't give you the answer. But we know that God causes things. There's things that God will use you for. And he will use you for a good situation. He wants to take that experience that you have. And he wants you to get out there and to help people who have faced similar situations thank the lord in our trials because he is working things for our good you know it's hard to see what god is doing isn't it it's hard to know there's just no black and white to it but what we do know is we live in a world and a culture that has fallen it's fallen and it's lost and god is doing good things he is weaving his way in this world doing these wonderful and miraculous and good things in the midst of a dying and decaying world and culture and so this is where we're going to pick up today and here we have in in first thessalonians we have the apostle paul here And he has written a letter to this church at Thessalonica. Now, the culture of Thessalonica, you think you're living in a crazy culture today in America? You know, count your blessings that you live in a small town of Brookville in southeast Indiana. Thessalonica was a very prosperous and flourishing city in the first century in Asia Minor. 
And boy, they had it all. Many opportunities for uh, falling victim to sin and to pleasure the flesh and to serve false gods and to serve idols. And so Paul, he wrote a letter to the church at Thessalonica and he said, I want to first of all encourage you for the faith that you have demonstrated and the good things that you have demonstrated in the Lord. I want you to be encouraged by that. But I also want you to continue in the faith and I want you to excel even more. I want you to do even more than what you have already done. I want you to continue to draw close to the Lord. And so he says this. He says, I want you to continue to rejoice. I want you to pray without ceasing. And in everything, I want you to give thanks. And so that's where we're at in this message today. In all circumstances, giving thanks to God because it is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so many people say, I want to know God's will for my life. What is God's will? There it is. Look, did you see the words right there? This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks to God. That's your starting point right there. That's the will of God for your life. That's where you put the first step forward right there and use the experiences that God has given you, the things that God has put you through, allowed you to go through in order to help others and to serve the church. People will ask these two questions a lot. What's God's will and what are my gifts? Your gifts are your experiences and the things that you do now. That's the first step. You want to serve the church? You want to serve others? Well, what is it that you're doing right now? What is it that you've experienced in your life? Use your experiences. Those are solid gold. And we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. We saw last week how the leprous man, there was 10 people, 10 leprous men. Nine of them went from God. Only one of them returned to God to give thanks to the Lord. It returned him back into the presence of God. So God wants us to, in all circumstances, give thanks. And that's because it brings us into his presence. And my friends, God wants you in his presence. That's why God wants us to be thankful. He wants us in, our, in his presence. His heart and his love burns hot for you. He wants to be with you all the time. He wants you in his presence continually. That's why he insists that we be thankful so that we be driven into his presence. So we give thanks in all circumstances. And the question I asked was, well, why? Why and how? How do we do this? And the first thing that we get from the scriptures is that God is always with us. We can always be thankful because God is always with us christians he is always with christians you say well god's present everywhere yeah but he's particularly close to christians and you say well i'm a christian and i have to say well are you right and i'm speaking vocally out to the world here because so many people say well i'm a christian because i go to church well that doesn't make you a christian Right? What makes us a Christian is surrendering, humbling ourselves, and submitting ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's right. It takes that 
commitment. It takes that genuine surrender to Jesus and to Jesus alone, right? Jesus and Jesus only. Don't go out there wandering in the woods looking for God. Don't go climbing a mountain looking for God. Don't go jumping a river and say, God, what's your will for my life? Your, your journey ends right here. The journey ends here. This is God's will. This is where God is found. This is the truth. My friends, quit wandering around. Quit trying to include other things. We're living a lifestyle where we're wandering around in a culture where we think we're going to get truth from all these other places. And you're not. There's one way, there's one truth, and it's in God's word. The journey ends right here. So many people don't do it because it takes effort. It takes effort to read the scriptures and to study the scriptures. They want to do the easy thing, right? Scroll, look for other things to do. Other sources, other foreign substances, right? We do that. We look for things. What, what's an easy way, right? And so God says, no, the scripture's right here. Stop wandering around. And that takes us to our first point. God is the one who goes ahead of us. God is the one leading us. He always goes ahead of us. There was a, a man by the name of William Kraft. He was a point man for the Charlie Company in the 2nd Battalion, the 39th Infantry of the 9th Division. And so he was over there in Vietnam. And he was hacking his way through the jungle with a machete, right? He's the point man. Anything that comes upon the battalion, he's going to take it, right? He is going to take it. So he's hacking his way through the jungle with a machete. And there, young William steps on a booby trap. It's a tripwire. And sets off a grenade. And the shrapnel goes into his arms. And he still has that shrapnel today in his arm. He carries that around with him because he is the point man. He's the one who goes ahead. My friends, Jesus Christ is your point man. Jesus Christ goes ahead of you in life. And be thankful today that Jesus Christ took the barbs, took the nails for you. It was he who had the crown of thorns pressed down on his head. It was he who had the beard ripped out of his face. It was he who was spat upon. It was he who was kicked. He who was mocked. He who was laid down on the ground, stretched out on the Roman crucifix and had the nails put in his hands and the nails in his feet and then lifted up high for all to see, all to mock in a shameful position. It was Jesus who took it all for you. Jesus is your point, man. You know, uh, back in the cowboy days, they would send scouts out ahead of the cattle as they would drive cattle through the land. And a scout would go ahead and he would uh, search out the terrain and the territory and where there might be trouble, he would look for green pastures and he'd look for rivers good water to lead the cattle and he would take this information back and he would say I can lead you and I can lead this herd to where there's good water and there's good grass 
Doesn't Jesus Christ do the same? Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus leads us to green grass and still waters. Jesus Christ goes ahead of us. You know, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, God was there with them. Look what it says in the scriptures in Exodus Oh, I have that here. Exodus 13, 21 says this. The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. God was going ahead of them. God is always was always with them, leading the way out there in front, ready to take the barbs, ready to take the shots and ready to protect his children, my friends, God is leading the way for you today. Are you a good sheep? He's a good shepherd. Are you a good sheep? Are you willing to be led by him? Are you looking for other sources? Stop wandering. A good sheep doesn't wander. A good sheep doesn't stray from the leading of Christ. A good sheep doesn't get out of its guidance from its shepherd. It stays behind the shepherd the leading of his voice stop the wandering stay on track follow the leading of the good shepherd he is there to lead us the way and he also upholds us with his righteous hand look what it says there in isaiah 41 10 do not fear for i am with you do not anxiously look about you right don't wonder don't look for other things look Salvation through Jesus Christ in reading the scriptures is the highest level you're going to achieve in life. Stop bouncing around like Super Mario and Mario Brothers. Doing, 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 doing. You're not going to find it. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing else out there. Nothing. It's done. It's over. This is the highest level you're ever going to achieve. Salvation is in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's king of kings and he's lord of lords. He be a child of the king. Folks, there is nothing better out there. The world has nothing better to offer. Do you sense the urgency in my voice, in my demeanor this morning? I am so, I, 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 my, I love you. I love you. And I'm concerned. I want you to experience the greatest blessings that God has for you that's what i care about and that's only gonna happen if you stay on the path of following jesus christ this world wants to confuse you it wants to distract you it wants to throw so many things at you and they're just going to take you away from the lord and i speak from a lot of experiences i've done a lot of stupid things in my life but following Jesus Christ is the best decision that I've ever made. And it's the most joy that I've ever experienced. And it's the most peace. Man, you talk about doing away with depression and anxiety. Bye-bye. Jesus Christ is the way. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus leads us. He upholds us. You know, there's this, you've heard of it, uh, this uh, poster called Footsteps, Right? And so you see it, it's the footsteps on the sand. And I've never really read into the story, so I did earlier this week. And uh, this man, he was walking along the beach, and he saw two sets of footsteps on the sand. And then flashes of lightning were kicking off all around him. 
and visions began to come back to him about his life and about his past. And God was revealing things to him about how God was walking with him during all of those difficult times. And then the flashes of lightning got more intense and more frequent. And soon the guy started thinking about his darkest, uh, most tumultuous times in life, his, his hardest difficulties and trials. And as the lightning would flash on the beach, he would see the footsteps. He said, well, wait a minute, there's only one set of footprints there. Well, God, why weren't you with me in my most difficult times? Why did you turn away from me? And then the lightning ceased, and the voice of God came down, and he said, my dear child, I wasn't ever away from you in your most difficult times, but I was carrying you during those difficult times. That's why you only see one set of footprints in the sand. And it's exactly like that. God upholds us in our difficult times. I read a story of a woman named Charlotte, um, and she was married to a man named Robert. And on their 17th wedding anniversary, Robert gave Charlotte a ticket, a plane ticket to Michigan. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Happy anniversary. And so he was like, what I want you to do is I want you to visit your sister and your aunt in Michigan. I want you to just have a girl's time of shopping, right? And so she thought it was wonderful, and she did. And she landed in Michigan, and they're out shopping, and she receives a phone call. Her husband, Robert, had slipped and fallen and had to be rushed to the hospital for emergency brain surgery. So she rushes back home to Florida to be by him and to help him through. It was a long and difficult month for Charlotte. Robert was in the ICU, and the doctors did all that they could do. She prayed and she prayed, prayed fervently, prayed hard, prayed often. But as time went by, they could see that Robert wasn't going to recover. So they took him off of life support, and if just a few short days later, he was gone to be at home with the Lord. And Charlotte, she said this. She said, the moment that I received that call, I felt God's presence in my life, and I felt him carrying me through that. That no matter what the outcome, no matter what was going to happen in the end, that I knew God was there with me, and if I would just rest in his arms, I would get through this situation. And I would be able to carry on. And that's exactly what she did. And she remembered that God was with her and that God upholds us. And we give thanks to God for always being with us. And the second thing we can give thanks for is that Jesus understands what we're going through. You know, yesterday I, I ran the vacuum cleaner in the living room. And as I was doing that, it went it started making this weird sound as if the suction just wasn't suctioning anymore. And I turned it off, and it was so filled with dirt and dust and grime. <laughs> I'm giving you a glimpse into my home life here. But it was filled, you know, just from the regular stuff anyway. And the bottom of the vacuum cleaner was just filled with, like, you know, hair. And it was so thick with hair, I had to cut it with a razor knife in order to pull it out, right, ladies? Your hair gets everywhere, doesn't it? And anyway, uh, 
the vacuum cleaner, it was so filthy. I had to wash out all the filters and everything else to piece it back together. Our life is just like that. We're like vacuum cleaners. We suck in all of this garbage and dust and grime that the world has to offer. We just suck it right in. And we get filthy on the inside. And we lose our way. And we're able to... and we're not able to continue to perform the functions that God wants us to perform and perform the way that he wants us to and to carry out the things that he wants us to carry out because we're so filled with the things that the world has given us. And it's not what God wants for us, but it's what the world wants for us because the world wants nothing more than to take you away from the embrace of your loving father. And so we need cleaned out like that vacuum cleaner. And so that's exactly what Jesus Christ does. He comes down alongside us and he sympathizes with us because he knows exactly what we're going through. Because Jesus himself, look, Hebrews 4.15, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Jesus Christ was fully human and fully God. And that's a complicated thing to try and uh, wrap your mind around. But it works like this. Jesus Christ came down out of heaven and he is God who put on flesh. He put on skin and bones in order to dwell among us. You know, Jesus did a lot of wonderful miracles. But for me, I believe his greatest miracle was this, refraining from using his divinity in order to, to allow himself to be killed by human beings. At any time, he could have stopped that situation. But his willingness to surrender to his role as a sacrificial lamb and a savior for you to be your point man and to take everything, all that incoming, all the things that were supposed to be given to you, all of that pain that you were supposed to take, he took. Because our sin demands that punishment. But Jesus took it. He was fully human and he took it. He was tempted. You think about all the things that we can be tempted by, right? Think about all the things to lie, to cheat, to steal, to be deceptive, right? Sexual immorality. You think about all the things there is to be tempted in and Jesus was tempted in every single one of those things he has experienced every temptation that you and I and then everyone in the whole world has faced and you know what he did it without sin he never sinned not once not ever did Jesus Christ sin which made him able to be the sacrificial lamb the spotless unblemished lamb of God That's what qualified him. He was able to take the sins of the world because he never sinned. It took the sacrifice of a sinless Savior to be able to carry your burdens. (laughs) Hey, hallelujah. Amen. Do you understand the gravity of that situation? Jesus took it all and he lived this life like we did. He took all those temptations and he didn't yield to any of them. My friends, we have no reason to boast. We have no reason to brag. We have no reason to pat ourselves on the back and talk about how good we are, the things we've done. I'm not trying to drag down your self-esteem. 
What I'm trying to do is to get you to carry on life in a healthy manner. And that is this understanding. That apart from Jesus Christ, you are unable to do anything. The only thing we're able really to do is to get ourselves into a whole heap of trouble. Jesus Christ is the only good that is in this world. And we want our lives to be hidden in Christ. And in order for our lives to be hidden in Christ, we need to have our salvation in Jesus and Jesus alone. So yes, Jesus, he was fully human. Hey, Jesus got hungry. Jesus got thirsty. Jesus cried. Bible says Jesus wept. Jesus had compassion. Jesus had love. Jesus knew what it was like to feel pain. Jesus bled, didn't he? But you know what else he did? Jesus carried our sorrows. Jesus has all power and all authority. He was tempted in all things. Something else that he does is he bears our griefs and he carries our sorrows. Isaiah 53, 4 says this. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. I read uh, another story of a couple, Dina and Mike. Dina and Mike uh, were getting ready to have their first child. And so they had an ultrasound, and it was revealed to them that they were going to have a boy, and they were going to name that boy Christian. It was also revealed to him, to them that this child had a lot, some heart defects, and there was a high risk of Down syndrome. So they bypassed a test that would confirm the diagnosis of a possible Down syndrome, and they decided to just let it be in God's hands and whatever happened happened and the child was born with multiple heart defects and down syndrome and so the child did not live very long it had open heart surgery on the second day after it was born and then just a few short weeks later that child died and Dina and Mike they grieved and they grieved hard and they grieved and cried a lot but through that grieving process they always felt God's sympathy towards them and God's presence in their life and it was revealed to them that through their grieving that God was going to use this situation in order for them to help others who went through a similar situation what I'm saying to you here today, church, is we have all been through difficult situations. Some of you have been through situations that um, it gives me strength to know how you have handled those situations and come out stronger on the other side. And that does a lot for me. I want you to know that. But I also want to encourage you and let you know that, hey, these experiences that you have don't run from them. Don't hide from them. Don't try to cover up the pain. And don't try to cover up the trauma. Use it. It is solid gold. What you have been given. The gift of pain. And the gift of suffering. Those things are beautiful. 
in the eyes of God. And you say, Nick, how in the world can you say that? Well, I can say that because of stories that I read like this. These people use that situation and they minister and they help others who go through a similar situation. Christians, I'm calling on you today to get off the bench. If you've had a situation like that in your life, it's time to stop the grieving and it's time to help others. You'll never completely get over it, I understand. We, we don't, we don't completely, but we use it. God wants you to use your experience to help others in similar situations. God has equipped you with a tool. God has given you a gift, a gift of an experience of pain and suffering in order for you to do what? To sit around and to grieve and to feel sorry for yourself? No, no, it hurts. But Jesus sympathizes with you. Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses. And he says, I want you to take that pain. I want you to take that grieving. I want you to take your experience. And I want you to serve me and serve others with it. You've lost a spouse. Consider leading a grief share for others who have done the same. You've lost a child. Consider leading a grief share. A small group of people who've been in a similar situation. That need a time to express their grieving. And others to talk to. Don't just let that go to waste. Like I said. It's worth its weight in gold. The trauma. The pain. The time where you were most desperate. And you were on the ground. And do you remember that time. When you were on the ground. Do you remember that. The ground was cold. Right? You were so desperate. There was nowhere else. Nobody could help you. The doctors didn't have a diagnosis. They couldn't tell you what was wrong. Do you remember the time you were on the ground? And the pain was so difficult, you couldn't bear it. I don't know who to turn to. I don't know where to go. You were on the ground. And you called out to God. Do you remember that? I want you to always remember that moment. It's that moment that brings the change. It's that moment that God uses. He says, remember where you were because it's going to be a great thing when I take you to where you're going. Don't ever forget the trauma. Don't ever forget the pain, but use it to glorify God and use it to do his work. There are people hurting all over or just in this area. People are hurting and they need you. They need what you have experienced in order to help them get through. So God, he bears our griefs and he carries our sorrows and he gives you the strength to minister to others. And the final point I want to make here today is that the Holy Spirit lives in us. We can give God thanks in all circumstances because he has given us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. You know, when Christ was born, when Christ was recognized as Jesus on earth, his name was Emmanuel, and that means God with us. And as believers, the Lord has given us the Holy Spirit to live in us. God dwells within us. And he give us the Spirit, as Jesus says in John fourteen sixteen. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The Lord has given us the Holy Spirit in order to comfort us and to help us. 
Jesus Christ says, this is the helper. If I go, God will send you the helper. And he will be there to comfort us through all of our difficult situations. Another word for comforter there that you see in that verse, this word right here, comforter, that comes from a Greek word that means intercessor, consoler, and advocate. Where does the strength and peace to carry on come from? It comes from God within us. The Spirit serves as our helper. There was a young girl. Her name was Julie. She was 16 years old. And boy, did she love her daddy. She got word one morning as she was off at school that her daddy died. And it sent her tumbling into a world of depression and darkness. She said, darkness just filled my mind. It was surrounding me and it was everywhere. She got so depressed that she uh, developed an eating disorder. And she said that she was just always throwing up. Throwing up her food. Not keeping anything down. And she didn't realize it until she felt the Spirit of God within her. She had been a Christian. And even though the situation had taken her far from the faith, the Spirit of God that was in her started to rope her in and to bring her back. She said she felt the Spirit of God calling out to her one night. And she says, right there in my bed, I confessed my sin. And I asked God to put me back on the right track. Julie has been able to carry on with her life now. Because of what the Holy Spirit inside her has done. The Holy Spirit comforted her during that time. Brought her back. Didn't let her go. You see, that's another thing that the Good Shepherd does. He goes ahead of us, but he doesn't let us go. There's that parable of the, the sheep, the 99 that are there, but the one that's lost, the Lord goes out. He wants to grab and bring them back into the sheepfold. You know, sometimes we make a good living trying to run away from God, but it's a hard thing to do. God is going to get you. He's going to wrangle you back in. Why is he going to do that? Boy, because he just loves you so much. He's just not willing to let you go without a fight. He is going to fight for you to the very end. The last little point I want to make here before we close is this. Don't forget your destiny. In the end, you have a home being prepared for you in heaven. My friends, no matter what trials we go through, no matter what troubles come our way, we have a destiny. Don't forget your destiny. Where is our final landing spot? It is with our heavenly father in a place called heaven that he has created and you know what? You won't be cleaning out any vacuum cleaners up there. That I will tell you. There will not be any dust up there. There will be nothing to clean. 
It's going to be spotless. It's going to be a place where there's just peace, just joy, no more sin, no more chaos, no more pain, no more suffering. No more of that. That's our destiny. That's what lies ahead of us. And, the God, and God appeals to us. He says, don't forget. Don't forget. This is what you have. This is why you're here. The journey to help others in the experiences they have. To share yours. To help get them to where you are. And to, so that they can have a destiny that you have. Let's pray. Father God in heaven. Thank you Lord God. We just can't say that enough. Thank you for walking ahead of us, for carrying us through. Thank you for sympathizing with our weaknesses. Thank you for carrying us through our sorrows and bearing our griefs with us. And thank you, Lord, for giving us the Holy Spirit to dwell and to live inside us, to comfort us and to help us in our deepest, darkest times. Heavenly Father, you've been so gracious to us. Father, I pray that during this time of thanksgiving in this season, that our full focus would be pointed directly to you. And that you would reveal to us the things that you have done in our lives and that you would reveal to us a new direction, a new way for us to go in order to serve you better and in order to utilize the experiences and the gifts that you have given us. For Father, you've made it very clear that your will is for us to rejoice, to pray, and to give thanks. Let that be our starting place. Perhaps you need a starting place. And if you're here today, you've never started by asking Jesus Christ into your life as your Lord and your Savior. That is the starting place. And you can ask him right now. Just ask, dear Jesus, come into my life and save me. Wash my heart clean. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I believe your promise to forgive my sin. I believe your promise to prepare a place for me in heaven. I believe you went to the cross for my sin. And I believe you were buried and rose again. Father, we love you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer at Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www.creekside-church.org and find us on the website. Once again, you've been listening to the Sunday message with Pastor Nick Stringer.